The Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. God hears our prayers at any time of the day. There is no magic in morning prayers. But the special value in them is this. And listen closely. That we begin our day aright. That we begin our day aright looking up to you, looking up to him for his guidance. Getting our hearts and our time and our minds in order for our day to go up. Can we stand for prayer? If you're able, join me. (laughs) As we get warmed up for worship, as we start looking up to him for his guidance, for him to tune our minds and our hearts to him, oh Lord, let us seek you early. Let us seek you at the beginning of every day. And throughout every day till it's closed. In the morning, let us commit lives, our lives, that day for you. And at noon, let us measure our progress midway. And in the evening, let us reflect how well we succeeded for that day. Thinking only of you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. And amen. Let us worship.
us thinking about Christmas and communion. Both start with a C. I was thinking about the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke represents the view of Paul, who never wrote a Gospel. But he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament as an apostle. And as the Gospel of Mark represents Peter, the Gospel of Luke represents Paul. Luke's style of writing resembles so much of Apostle Paul's writings. Some 200 expressions, expressions or phrases may be found which are common to Luke and Paul when you read about them. And more or less are foreign to the other New Testament writers. Luke's Gospel is the universal gospel for Jews and Gentiles alike. Matthew only traced the analogy of Christ back to Abraham, whereas Luke went all the way back to Adam in the genealogy. And Luke records Christ as a citizen of Rome. Simeon greets him as a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And Luke and Paul also agree in their report of the Lord's Supper, both giving this cup is the new covenant in my blood, for this is my blood of the new covenant, and both adding of doing this in remembrance of me. Which brings us to this place in the Lord's Supper. Both Luke and Paul announced that the new Jerusalem of the book of Revelation is not a city but a redeemed society of mankind called the Bride of Christ. And the unfolding of the mystery that we find in the Bible and through communion of Christ, it's the mystery of the ages, which is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. Take your bread with me. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together.
653 Jesus said most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you for whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on that day amen <clears throat> so in the same manner after supper he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again.
Let's go to Psalm 118. This is one of the scriptures early on this week or even through the Advent as we were getting closer closer and closer to this day. I've been in a series called The Best News Ever. How many know what the best news ever is? Jesus. Amen? We talked about the first Sunday, Jesus is our peace, then Jesus is our rest, then Jesus is the river that we all float in. <laughs> but Psalm 118, verse 24 you should all know this one by heart by now. This is the day that the Lord has made. Even Christmas. Even Christmas. Amen? And we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is that day that he made for us. And today I want to talk about Jesus. The entire Bible is about Jesus. You know, but if you get a chance today, go to the book of Luke and read, you know, the accounts in Luke 1, 2, and 3 about Jesus' birth. It's nice to read together with your family or by yourself and just see all the things. I mean, and just let that, you know, go right inside of you. But the entire Bible is all about Jesus, and Jesus is all about you and me. That's what he's about. That's why he came. He said we needed a Savior to save us from our sins. Amen? And that's what he came to do. And with that kind of knowledge, this makes the Bible the most relevant book in all of the universe. The word universe literally means one song. We all sing the same song. We love Jesus. Amen? And Jesus is God's mind and thoughts made up about us. Some people, you know, designate us as humanity, but I designate us as humanity. It's all about us because Jesus came for us. See, the meaning of Jesus' name declares our salvation. See, God ne was never about judgment. You can read that in John chapter 3. He never came to judge the world. He said it in John 3. His, his, his whole deal is salvation. See, the Old Testament is but a shadow, but the New Covenant is the substance. The New Covenant introduces us to the promise, and the promise points us to a person. And Jesus, the person, is the Messiah Christ, the incarnate Word of God. I mean... That's what it was all about. That was, that's why Jesus was born. I know I, if I could sing, I can't sing, and you'd be happy if I didn't. I would sing happy, happy birthday Jesus to you, but it'd be ugly, you know. So. And I have no idea how old he would be. So a lot of people, you, I guess there's, we can guess at that, you know. But I know a lot of people say, how could it, how, you know, they, they want to disprove that, you know, Jesus was even born on December 25th. Yet I heard Andrew Womack go on, I mean, he talked for 10 minutes justifying and, and, and showing the evidence that Jesus was born right around this time. Uh, maybe not here in Cleveland, you know, winter, cold, snow. You know, he was a baby in a manger somewhere, you know, no room for him in Holiday Inn Express, you know, so he had to be in the, the manger. 
But Jesus represents the entire human race. In the kingdom of God, Jesus mirrors man. The dream of God was manifested in the redemption of mankind, showing up in one man, Jesus, through his act of righteousness and his sacrifice for each of us. He restored those who believe and confess him back to their God, their Father. The truth of the Logos of God was not to be caged only in a book or a doctrine, but in something that was being revealed to us. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I love Jesus every day. Every day I, I think I know it all and you know, I have learned it all, have read it all, when every day I, I find something new like I just shared with you during communion about Luke's writing being so resembling Paul's writings that they have many phrases and expressions that they both share in their writings. And you can, if you really studied out the Greek and all of that, you would see all of that in, those, in, their, in their writings. But if you study the Bible to find eternal life and miss Jesus, you miss the point about him and you. Because the scriptures, the Bible, is all about Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 5. I don't have the message here, but I, I know I marked it. But let's go to John 5 anyway. Verse 39 there's a lot of good stuff in 5, John 5. John 5:39. You search the scriptures, it says, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. See, the mission of Jesus was not to begin a Christian religion. His mandates was to reveal them, reveal and then to redeem us to understand the blueprint image and likeness of the invisible God so that the world could see God. Because Jesus said several times that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's always trying to reveal the Father to us. And Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to free it. To free it from its sins. And to give it a gift called righteousness. Amen? And holiness. See, religion has always majored on guilt and willpower, which only engage mankind in futile efforts to save or improve themselves. The Bible was never meant to be only be a manual. It's a message about a person, Jesus, who we call Emmanuel, God with us. Every definition of distance is canceled in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Jesus did not come as an example for us, but of us. So that we, when we meet Jesus, we know we can meet ourselves. We can be just like him. And beholding Jesus in any other way, sentimentally or religiously, will bring no lasting change. But now in Christ, we know ourselves, even as we have always been known. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. It says, For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. And now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Apostle Paul in all of his writings stamps his gospel with the words grace and peace. Let grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace. Multiplied. Not added. Multiplied. I mean, a multiplication is a lot better than addition. We can go a lot farther with, with a multiplication issue than a, a, an addition. In order to distinguish the message of the revelation of the finished work of Christ from the law of Moses... It's a matter of grace versus reward and peace versus striving, guilt or condemnation. And grace and peace express the sum total of every beneficial purpose of God towards us realized in Christ. To discover ourselves in God's word is the key that unlocks the door to a divine encounter when we see ourselves 
in these scriptures. When we read the Bible and we start seeing ourselves, it unlocks for us the, devo- the, the door of divine encounter where we have an encounter with God. An invisible God becomes suddenly visible to us. And tangible, beyond touch, the genesis of our being is unveiled. All we ever hope for is found in Jesus. All we ever hope for. Everything that you would need is found in Jesus. He fulfilled it all. He fulfilled all the feasts. He fulfilled it all. He's the Sabbath's rest. He's the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? And He's the river of God. He's the Savior of the world. And when we really start looking into the book of Revelation, let's go there. Let's just go to Revelation chapter 1. They say the key is over the door. In other words, over the title. The title is the key. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not plural. It's singular. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what it says. Really, what I find in the book of Revelation more than anything is my sonship. Who am I in Christ as a son or daughter of God? I mean, how do I fit? What's my purpose here on earth? You can find that all in the book of Revelation, our sonship, who we are in Christ and who God is to us in our relationship. It's very important. Let's read. I want to read Revelation 1, 2, and 3 and out of chapter 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Amen. And so tangible, it's the savior of the world, champion of the ages. Jesus is the champion of the ages. He's the slain and risen Lamb of God, bringing closure to every definition of judgment in his death and resurrection. And in this, in this, if you find anything about the book of Revelation, it's very, to me, it's very symbolic. I, it's hard for me to say it's part symbolic and part literal. I, don't, I see it all symbolic with pictures and all kinds of illustrations. And it, make, it, makes, it, it helps you to be really prophetic because you have to ask God about these things. You've got to inquire and ask him these things. Like we, we know that Jesus in the Bible is described as the lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Is he a literal lamb? No. <laughs> He's like a lamb who sacrificed himself for the sins of the whole world. We see him as a lion, the lion of Judah. Is he actually a lion? No. It's just something he symbolizes. Amen? And as the Son of God, he is the incarnate Word that has always been face to face with God. He is the Word in whom all things exist. In fact, it says in the book of Colossians that he created all things. He was with the Father created. In this book of Revelation... So we find the unfolding conversation and pictures that make a part of God's prophetic dealings with Israel and us. See, it's both written to Israel and us. And where the resolve of God concludes powerfully in the process of time, 
with the glorious triumph of the Lamb over every definition of the enemy. And we can go on and on and describe all the different definitions of the enemy and sickness and all kinds of crazy things, the beast and this and that. But he, he, he defeated everything. And that's really the premises of the book of Revelation. In fact, every possible idea of sin, judgment, death, Hades, Satan, devil, demon, dragon, beast, and false prophet is addressed and dissolved and thus rendered redundant, useless in Christ. Because Christ took it all away. Let's go to Revelation 17, verse 14. It says, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with Him, us, are called, chosen, and faithful. Well, it says a lot about Him and it says a lot about us. Amen? They will make war, but the Lamb will overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with Him, us. Amen? So these join forces in that hour to wage war against the Lamb. But the Lamb defeats them since He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And us who share in his victory are his kindred, the chosen ones with him, the lamb who led us from our lost identities and doubts to our new identities in Christ and of our God and of our Father. Amen and amen. And as far as God is concerned, it is indeed mission accomplished in Christ. It's not mission impossible. It's mission accomplished in Christ. The salvation of humankind is no longer a possible outcome of events. It is the grandest announcement of the redemption of the romance of the ages. The book of Revelation is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Man, you want to know Jesus? Get in the book of Revelation. Get some easy, simple things to understand and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the rest. He'll show you. Amen? And as the slain and risen Lamb of God, he fulfilled mankind's destiny with death and judgment. These truths found in the book of Revelation reach into the entire past, present, and future of human history. Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man, represents us individually. He gave himself as our scapegoat in dying our death. For the wages of sin is death. We don't have to do it. We don't have to go through it. We don't have to die that death. He did. Amen? And then raised us together with him in his resurrection. As firstborn from the dead, he, he rebirthed us and redeemed us in his image and likeness within us. And that's found. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Just a little, little book. A few chapters. A few little words here. Most powerful words in the whole Bible some, in, in some ways. Amen? Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, 26 through 29, it says, The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Who are we? Saints. Say, I'm a saint. Say it again. Turn to somebody next to you say, I'm a saint. To them, it says, verse 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory 
of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen? Christ in you. When you leave here today, he goes with you. He doesn't stay here in this building. He's in you. He rides with you in your car. So play music he likes. And when you sing to him, sing on key. (coughs) The key of Jesus. Verse 28, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. How do you get a man perfect? You get him saved. You get him born again. And then they become perfect in their spirit. And then God works on the rest through their lifetime, the flesh, and the rest that has to be tempered. Amen? And we get a lifetime to find things out. It says, to this end, I will also labor, striving according to his workings, (coughs) which works in me, he says, which works in me mightily. Let me explain it this way. Mankind's most sought after quest, the mystery which has been, which has remained elusive and concealed for ages and generations, is now fully shown in Christ and us. With a redeemed innocence. That's what, if you ever look up the word righteousness, it means redeemed innocence. You've been given that gift. Romans chapter 5 talks all about that gift. (coughs) Within us, God is delighted to show the priceless treasure in these earthen vessels of his glorious unveiling of Christ, indwelling in order that every person on the planet, whosoever will, believe may now come to the greatest discovery of all time and recognize Christ now living in them as it is shown to us in the Word of God. So many scriptures point to us. So many scriptures point to Christ living in us and telling us that over and over because we have to get convinced somehow for that to be something that helps us through the tough times. See, you really will find out who you are when you go through tough times. I don't know about you, but even the disciples, when they were on the boat, they, they, if, if, if it was calm waters and there was no storm, they wouldn't know who they were. But the same goes through. Sometimes troubled waters help us to understand who we are. See, Christ is the desire of the nations and completes our every expectation for life. And then verse 28, it says, This is the essence and focus of our message. We awaken and realign everyone's mind, bringing everyone into full understanding in order that they may be perfect in Christ. How many believe they're perfect in Christ? You are. In Christ is the key word. Amen? And so the message in the revelation of the Lamb is not static, but dynamic. It means it's changing all the time. So that people across the planet would understand their true identities in Christ. It's big. Identity is big. In sonship, it's big. You have to know you're a son of God. Once you know you're a son of God, everything becomes less and less. You begin to decrease. He begins to increase. Amen? And Jesus and what it was that the Lamb of God accomplished when instead of demanding a sacrifice, he gave himself as the sacrifice and took away the sin of the world, thus bringing hostility and every excuse for separation and distance to an end. We are one in him. He's one in us. 
All tragedy, crisis, and wars are not acts of God. Judgment is not God's business. God's business has always been from the beginning of time till now, salvation. Everything's in salvation. Deliverance, redemption, healing. It's all there. Deliverance, it's all in the word salvation. The Lamb, Jesus' death and resurrection, confronts every idea of judgment that was mankind's due. And Jesus is the Lamb of God who was born, lived on this earth for 33 years, was slain and rose three days later, victorious for us and with us. When Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead. Amen? Jesus is the Lion who has conquered. He's the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, who has qualified to open the scroll and its seven seals in the book of Revelation. Who opens all that stuff? Jesus. Because Jesus fulfilled it all. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter 1, verse 19. And so, we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. We've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? The ultimate sacrifice, the spotless and without blemish lamb. And Jesus completes the prophetic picture because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He collides victoriously with Feudal sacrifice system whereby offerings are constantly made to false gods of our own imagination. This is the scandal of the cross. God never demanded a sacrifice that would change the way he thinks about us. No, a thousand times no, God himself provides the sacrifice of himself in Christ in order to forever eradicate our sin consciousness from our minds and radically change the way we think about God. I don't know about you, but I used to think God was mean, bad. He wanted, always wanted to get me. That's the way I used to think because I lived under a works righteousness mentality. I had to earn it. I had to work for it. I had to be good to get it. That's works. In Christ, it's faith righteousness mentality. It's by faith. It's everything he's done for me. He's given me that faith. He's given me my obedience. I can't do it. He is the one that's given me all those gifts. Amen. Remember this, sin consciousness is in essence a work-based consciousness. It is rotten to the core. A sin-conscious mind is someone who's trying to work to please God. God doesn't, you don't have to work to please God. All you've got to do is accept Christ's free gift of his righteousness for your life. 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2, years ago, I, I went and heard... A man speak on this, just these few verses. This is what Paul writes. It says, I have determined, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. See, Paul makes a very bold and radical statement confining his ministry, to focus, to know the full scope and consequence of the revelation of mankind's redeemed innocence as communicated in the cross of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what I think, I think the cross is everything. It changed everything forever in all of human history. Nothing will, never, nothing will ever be the same again. 
And, and, and actually, church, it's the essence of the mystery of God coming to save us, coming to restore us, coming to redeem us. See, God himself said to each of us, my mind is fully made up about you. You are my dream. I've always thought about you forever. And now we can be restored to him through Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what Christmas is all about. The starting of that through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and now his reigning in us. Amen? The only possible way in which I can truly know him is in the light of God's mystery is through Christ Jesus alone. I'd like to close today with some final thoughts out of the book of Revelation. Let's go back there again. Revelation 1.1 might go in a couple more scriptures, but that's where we'll start. See, Jesus, Revelation, the book of Revelation, is Jesus Christ unveiled, shown to us, magnified. Jesus is the revelation of God's gift to us all. We shouldn't be afraid to read the book of Revelation like it's going to do something to bring something that's not true, but it's all about Jesus, the whole book. And it, which was wrapped at his birth in order to clearly illustrate to us which according to the prophetic pointers inevitably was to have happened in a brief moment of time. This incredible message of hope for all mankind is portrayed here in the book through, like I said earlier, symbolic pictures by his celestial prophetic messenger commissioned to communicate it to us, to communicate its mystery to, to John, to us. John communicates this to us. Apostle John. And what is he saying in the book of Revelation? We're God's sons and daughters. And John gives an accurate evidence of the word of God and testimony of Jesus Christ exactly as he saw it. It says that in Revelation 1-2. Exactly as he saw it. The unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that which is now evident in Christ is equally shown through us as well. Whatever's in us. God wants to show it to the world around us. He wants to show his kindness. He wants to show his love to people around you. So we display that. Amen? In Colossians 3, 4, it says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The word of God is the testimony of Jesus Christ, even here in this verse. The unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that what is evident in Christ is equally evident in us. Amen? Because where is he? He's living in me. And he wants to manifest. Amen? And the exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us who believe and live for him. We are included in the same bliss and joined oneness with him just as his life reveals you, your life reveals him. As his life reveals you, your life reveals him. <clears throat> the testimony of Jesus in you is what gives relevance and context to the word of God. Jesus is what the scriptures are all about, and you are what Jesus is all about. Let's go to Revelation 19, verse 10. It's the testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19, 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, 
for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Do you realize that in Christ it's all been said? It's all been prophesied? It's all finished? It's a finished work. Why do we keep looking for fragments and pieces and parts from other people to give us words when the word is Jesus? He's the fulfillment of all prophecy. He's the, he's the prophetic word. In John 1, 1, it says, In the very beginning we find the word already present there in the world. In the beginning was the word. Amen? Face to face with God, the word is I am. And God's eloquence and beauty echoes and it, and it is con concluded in him. The word of God equals God himself. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John 14, 9. Jesus is the word. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for all of mankind who will believe. He's the way. He's the truth. Amen? And he's the life. Let me give you this one final scripture. Please go there with me if you can. John chapter 5, verse 34. If you read all of it, he says, I bear witness of myself. My witness is not true. There's another who bears witness. Verse 32, verse 33. You have sent, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man. I'm not looking for the applause of people. Honestly, when I prepare my messages, I'm not looking for applause. I am not here to win a few votes for a noble cause. I'm on a rescue mission from God to share and to tell who God is and who you are. I can't change my message that he's given me because this is what the message is all about. This is what Jesus is all about because once you know your identity, you're invincible. You're indestructible. Anything that comes at you, disease or devils or beasts or anything that comes at you will not move you when you know who you are in Christ. It's all relational. The whole Bible's relational. It's relational theology. God is all about us. Amen? Amen. He's all about giving us our hope that we need. Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas to all. Praise God.